for a few minutes amen hallelujah so we can rise up and pray amen hallelujah god is good amen uh tasha and lucinda melissa please can you come closer it's like darkness is around in your <laughs> coming to the light uh, if they don't sort out the electricity problem by saturday sunday we'll just Please take the gain off. So by Sunday, we'll uh, put the um, we'll have the generator sorted out, amen. And we just use the generator because I'm tired of going back and forth, amen. Saying the same thing, hallelujah. We just have to trust God uh, for land, hallelujah, amen. Trust God for land, amen. So we are still on the mysteries of prayer, hallelujah. Are you enjoying it, amen, hallelujah? Uh, we are on the mysteries of prayer. So turn with me to your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 2 um please tell me that you are recording the audio you started recording cool stuff amen hallelujah Matthew chapter 4 verses number 1 to 2 hallelujah okay let me give you the mystery so we're on the fifth mystery right um the fifth mystery it seems that some prayers need to be very long while other prayers can be short amen uh, some prayers can be very long while other prayers can be short amen remember we discussed and we said that we must pray for long hours amen it's important that we pray for long hours let's look at matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 2 and then we'll continue uh you must understand that uh jesus when he prayed jesus prayed for long hours like we read and he prayed for short hours as well he never prayed for a long time um short prayers if you would put it like that uh Matthew chapter 1 verses 12 gives us the understanding of the the long prayer that Jesus prayed amen the long prayer that Jesus prayed Matthew 4 verses 1 to 2 says then then was Jesus led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and when he had fasted 40 days he was afterwards hungered he afterwards hungered right so you see that one of the one of the reasons or one of uh Lord help me share it uh one of the ways or how I know that when it comes to your purpose and it comes to your assignments or it comes to your destiny or it comes to your life it's very important that you pray a long prayer especially when it got to do with purpose and with destiny you see uh Jesus before his ministry kind of like launched or before he became known or his fame grew or he became popular he went into the wilderness before the ministry could launch he was doing stuff he, as a young boy and stuff but before his ministry launched he went into a time of fasting and praying why because it got to do with everything had to do with his purpose and with his destiny he knew that he could not do the work of god if he did not spend time in prayer and i think we discussed this before that he could not do the work of god or he could not do or fulfill his assignments if he had not consulted god with us now the scripture says that in some versions of the bible said they say that he fasted and prayed some of the versions of the bible some versions say he fasted however you want to put however you want to put it we understand that nobody in scripture we've never ever seen in scripture where people fast without prayer 
So prayer was the number one assignment. So prayer was always added to fasting. Even when they when they fasted, maybe somebody died or they lost the battle, they fasted and they prayed to God. You know, because fasting and prayer is always in relation to God. Because like we said that before, that fasting, if you just fast and you don't add prayer to it, you 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 going on a hunger strike. You know, you're just staying away from food, which is also good in a sense as well, where you can just fast. However, though, fasting and prayer is necessary for what God is going to do because you can't just say that I'm going to fast and you're not going to add prayer. We always say that you're going on a diet <laughs> and you don't want to go on a diet and stuff. And yes, they are, even even in, in Islam, you find out that they fast, but they also still add prayer to it. You understand? So it's never ever just fasting on its own. It's always prayer being added to it. Uh, you see in Isaiah, I think it is in Isaiah 61, where the Bible or 64, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, it talks about this is this the fast that I have chosen, says the Lord, and God gives him kind of like a description of of how to fast and stuff. But I would love to believe that Jesus never just go out in the wilderness to starve himself. Amen. Jesus went out into the wilderness to fast and pray, uh, and it was the prayer that basically would ignite or would kick off his ministry to be what it was. Amen. And that's the key. And that we always say that if you look at any minister, if you look at any person that is doing well, you would find out that the key factor is always that they prayed. Amen. It's always that they prayed. So in order for us to do well in any area of our lives, the key factor for us to do well or the principle or the secret for us to do well, it's locked up in prayer. So you must be somebody that prays, right? So Jesus prayed long hours before he launched out into his ministry. So if you believe or you know that God has called you to do something or there is an assignment that is placed on your head and you know you, you, don't, you don't have an exact idea what it is, you know, because we're still trying to find ourselves. You don't have an idea exactly what it is. So it's then required of you. It's then very imperative that you spend long hours praying so that that which God has given you that assignment that is on your head, even though you don't have an understanding of it, through prayer you would be able to burn it out. You know that it's like you know inside of you that I carry something. You know, how many of us feel like I know that there's there's something in me. I might be small, I might be short, but I carry something in me. Ramon, you might they say dynamite comes in what? Small packages, amen. I might be small, but I got some dynamite on the inside of me, amen. Uh, people might overlook me but I still feel like there's something that's on the inside of me amen so when you when you know that despite what you're going through despite what's happening in your life you know that you know that I got something inside of me that's that is going to keep you so you need to pray long hours in terms of uh, preserving and protecting your destiny and protecting your your future and for what God is going to do nobody should launch out in any in any field or in any form of ministry capacity if they had not spent time in prayer, especially long hours in prayer as well, right? So you see in Matthew chapter 4 verses 2 verses, chapter 4 verses 1 to 2 that Jesus prayed in the wilderness. The second thing you see in um, Mark chapter 1 verses 35 I'm talking about some prayers seem like it can be short and some prayers 
always seem that they must be long. In uh, Mark chapter 1 verses 35, And in the morning, rising a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Amen. He prayed. Uh, in the scripture says in Luke 6 as well, verses 12 to 13, he, he went to go pray uh, in the mountains before he chose his disciples. We spoke about that as well, you know, before you choose leaders or before you, you choose anybody to be a part of your circle, you got to pray. And I even and we even mentioned before you choose your husband or before you even date somebody, you need to pray about it. Amen. What you need to do? You need to pray. Look at somebody and say pray. Amen. Because we ask God to bless us. We ask God, I, say, I think I said it before, we ask God to bless the relationship that we have not asked, we have not inquired of Him for. Amen. So you don't, you don't expect God to bless something that you, in the first place, never inquire. You understand? So when you go in there, you go in there with your emotions rather than the will of God or the purpose of God for your life. So in, 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 this, in this case of Jesus, you never just go around and say, hey, you know what, Keisha? Ah, you got a pretty look, you know. Hey, you, 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 you make a good leader. Or, or hey, Ramon, you know what? Ah, you are, you are a gangster. Aye, aye, good leader. You know, you just choosing, just choosing based on that or whatever or that criteria. Uh, no, Jesus, the Bible says that he spent long hours. He spent time in prayer before he could choose his disciples. Amen. And that's one of the mistakes that Samuel made. Samuel made when Samuel went to go uh, look for somebody to be anointed as king. Samuel never spent time sick. The Lord just said to Samuel, there's one of Jesse's house whom I have anointed as king. Now Samuel started to look on the outside of, of, uh, what's this, the, of Jesse's sons. So Eliab, all of them were dressed nice, all of them were looking nice. and so, so he thought that maybe these ones here would be fit to be king. You know, so he says, this must be the Lord's anointed. And the Lord said, no. And then another one came, ah, this one must be the Lord's anointed. So he went through all of the sons and he's like, hey, is there, is there another son do you have? And yes, there was a son who did not even look like he had the part of being, being a leader. Smelling of sheep, shepherd boy, even though he had a good countenance and he was handsome, but he didn't look like he was uh, like, you know, somebody that could, could fight, but God chose him as king. So God will bypass those that we think would be the, the people for the position, and God will choose you. Ah, You see, that's how God works. He, he bypasses people that the, the society and the world would choose, and he says, no, I've rejected that person, but I've chosen that person, and that's the remnant, amen, and you will be the remnant as well, amen, that God chooses that. Even though, it, you know, for me, when I was in school, it, yeah, I would. They, they, people would choose me for certain things, but it wasn't like first preference. You understand? It's like when you're in school, it's like, hey, no, someone else, hey, no, hey. When it's coming to like maybe the second last person, hey, now we have to decide. This one guy goes, hey, no, we'll take him, and then the other team, oh, okay, because I'm the last one standing, I just have to go. You understand? So it wasn't even like they they chose me or something, and you know, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. Men's, men's rejection is God's acceptance, amen. So when they rejected me, when I never measured,
treasure up or when I never played the, want, the way they wanted me to play, God still chose me, amen. God chose me from Woodstock, hallelujah. No shoes, running around, playing cricket and playing soccer, kicking down people's doors and doing the wrong things. And, and God chose me out of all of that, amen. And he, and he handpicked me, amen, for a greater work, greater than becoming a soccer player, greater than being a doctor, greater than being an intellectual person, greater than that, amen. He has called me on a mission to win souls. What greater, what greater call can that be, amen? So I'm glad they never choose me. If they had chose me, I think I would have been caught up with what they chose me for, amen? But I'm glad that the Lord chose me, hallelujah. Even when they rejected me, it made me cry out, hey, there must be something higher for me, amen? There must be something higher for me. So don't worry when man doesn't choose you for anything, amen? It's man's rejection is always God's acceptance, hallelujah. When man say no, God says yes, hallelujah, amen. So when you look at that and you look at uh, Jesus, when he chose his disciples, they weren't your, they were your lay people, your average man. They want your normal man. And it will only take you to pray to see them. You understand? Because on the outside, it will look like they don't qualify. What, what, what a fisherman is going to do? He's a fisherman, you know. He, he doesn't have any intellectual knowledge or anything like that. So it seems like even the layman is not fit for the ministry, but it looks like God uses the layman for the ministry. When I say layman, I mean like a general normal man, like a normal working man. Nobody that is like high esteem. And God raises them up and God chooses them. Because some people only think God chooses educated people. God chooses people that got degrees and diplomas and the others God don't choose. I've learned that majority of the ministry ministry work come through lay people. People without degrees, without diplomas. Rather the ones that have diplomas and degrees think they're too high or they think they're better than everybody else because of their degrees and their diplomas. But God looks at the lowly one without a matric. Ah, somebody. He looks at the lowly one. Not saying that you mustn't be educated. You must be educated to do the ministry. You must be educated to, to do something because church is not just preaching as well. Church is a lot of administration, lots of management and all of this. So there must be some level of it. So even the doctors, they must come. Even the lawyers, they must come do ministry, do it full time. What I'm saying is that sometimes those that the people have despised and the people have rejected are the ones that God calls to do something amazing for him. Amen. So, and you must understand something. God doesn't call people that are doing nothing though. Now, I'm going to say that God calls people that are doing something. So, it's when you are actively doing something that God will call you. Because he sees there's, there's something in you that has an ability to do something for him. Lazy people got no place in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, lazy people got no place in the kingdom of God. Because we always say that ministry is, was work. Ministry is not just playing around, it's work, it's serious work. So for lazy people, if you think you're going to, yo, hey, let me go work for the church, or let me become a pastor and you're lazy, oh, you'll be a bad pastor, you'll be miserable, or not even be miserable, you'll say, ah, if this is the pastor's work, then I don't want to, because it's a lot of work, it's a lot of work. Just remind me, Ramon, I need to give you uh, a book, okay, from Bishop Dag. Uh, just maybe when I'm at home, remind me, so tomorrow I can come with it. 
Uh, it's about working for the Lord, amen, about ministry, what working for the Lord is. Hallelujah. Powerful book. So when 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 God chooses, he chooses based on this on what he can see in the person. And that's how we must be. So it's like I'm looking at Keisha, I'm looking at anyone, I'm looking at what they can become, not what they are right now. And so maybe what they are right now doesn't qualify them to be there. You understand what they are now because you see lots of weaknesses, you see lots of problems, you see lots of trials. But through this, through praying and through praying for long hours for people to choose to be alongside you, you see what they can become. You see the gift, and, and that's the gift of a pastor is to bring out, even when you feel like you don't have it, even when you feel like you don't have the potential, even when you feel like you don't have anything, you pull it out and you become what you're supposed to become. Amazing, right? You become what you're supposed to become. So let's look at um, Matthew chapter 26 from 40 to 42. Matthew 26, 40 to 42. Ah, don't worry, it's fine. Just doing a test. I was just doing a test. It wasn't like that important. Just want to see how it looks. And amen. Aren't you glad we got the camera? Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. So with the lighting, it doesn't make it all that nice because of the bad lighting in the place. But I still try to take some good photos. With this one here, you have to set in, set in. Every time you take a photo, you look at it to see if it's right. And you know, then you have to change the setting to make sure that the photo is right and it's a quality photo. I was taking photos and I was taking dark photos. I was wondering why is it dark and changing the setting, setting. Because I did a small tutorial today. <laughs> I had to watch a video to see how you use this camera. And very interesting. I mean, so even though the people that I'm going to be teaching to use it, um, it requires some at least maybe one or two lessons and until they get it right amen hallelujah it's not just capture like the normal camera we had it was just this one you will just if you just pa 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 you'll see it'll be terrible photos <laughs> you have to change setting there's something called the what af temperature that needs to be set the shutter speed needs to be set the iso iso and all these things i'm there to learn so it's not just <laughs> and then over there there's um, something that stabilizes so you zoom and it stabilizes it so that the picture is clear even though you have zoomed so that as well you have to know it is automatic there's manual so I learned something today amen <laughs> I learned something today so I took the lean and I said hey let's go to the let's go to do a photo shoot a small photo shoot so we went there by the navy by the beach side over there and we we're just taking photos I was taking photos so I can learn and see how the camera works. She was enjoying herself, posing and moving all over, you know. So she enjoyed that. There, uh, she says that she wants to do it properly now, and she's dressed properly. You know, these ladies they want to dress properly. So I said, don't worry, we'll do it. Amen. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good camera. The amazing thing about this here, yesterday uh, while we were praying, I received the the, the text message of somebody that that sold the money into the church and um somebody wanted to give me a camera lower 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 quality than this for first two thousand then i dropped him down to one thousand five hundred and then in the night i was like okay i'm meeting you tomorrow i even said like hey what you doing tomorrow i need to go and meet this guy tomorrow and um anyway something said go back on marketplace and there's a shop in sydney l 
L something pawn brokers and whatever. The ladies were selling this here for 2,000 Rand. And it was 500 Rand more with the accessories like the bag, the memory cards. So it came up to 2,300 Rand, right? So when that, when she gave me the thing, when I saw it, I went to go do a review. I mean, like this camera was way better like four times better than the other one was manufactured in 2004. This one was manufactured in 2012. So that imagine 20, 2004 and 20, a big gap, you know? So I'm like, no, this is the one. This, this, this definitely the one. And then I found that this one can, you can put a microphone over there. You can take video. The other one you couldn't. And when I did the review, I said to the lady, I'm coming tomorrow for it. I said, what time you open? Cause she has a shop and then I went and they gave me they, they were it was actually a blessing uh, we actually with this here you can put lenses so I did price checks on lenses yo Jesus <laughs> camera is crazy Lyle this, the lens what it does it zooms in more and it makes the picture and I see this is a, a standard lens so the zoom if I'm standing here it's not too close up for me so you need a bigger lens that makes it you know you can zoom in nicely i saw one on eight thousand rand eight thousand rand for a lens i was like sure devil you a liar the lord will give it to us cheap <laughs> the lord will give it to us yes and then i saw microphones for three thousand then i saw another one for three hundred i said lord you'll give it to us cheap in jesus name hallelujah so we thank god for that amen and and god allowing it to happen and when i, I don't know if i was talking to ramon and I was saying, Ramon, Sunday, we're going to have this camera. I, I spoke, I don't know if it was the same to Deline. With the moment I said it, I, 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 my faith was there. My faith, Lord, you are going to provide this camera for us. And just that day, I was, I was thinking of other things that the church needs to do. And I was saying, Lord, what must we do with this money that came in? 2,500 rand. What do we do with it? Because we still owe <laughs> So, so what must I do? Now I'm mad too because the lights is off and I'm thinking about that 400 and I'm like, the devil's a liar, they must wait for that 400 and you know? So anyway, there I was saying, Lord, what must we do with it? Because these things that we need, the Lord reminded me of of why the person sold and the reason why that person sold specifically for that. And he says, do what the intention of the seed was. The seed was for that. Don't take the seed that was supposed to be for that and use it for something else. That calls it mismanagement. <laughs> yeah, you see, so that would be mismanagement. It's like if Ramon gives me money and he says this money is for, for rent and I take Ramon's rent money and I use it for something else. It's called mismanagement. That's, that money was sown into that. It's like when you sow for outreach, for example. Outreach, evangelism. That money gets used for evangelism. That money. So when you say rent, that money goes for rent. When you say souls, that money goes for souls. When you say, when we like raise funds, camera, that money goes for camera. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's why even when I said the other day, these things you must even pray about so that you don't make any errors and stuff. 
So because the lien was at work and stuff, so I had to get a, a Uber. Costed me 240 and day and back. Hey, Uber so expensive, but Sydney was for so 240 and I mean, if if uh, if the lien was around, we just put 100 in petrol and we were day and back. You know, it would have been easier. But anyway, but I thank the Lord, Amen, that that was done. Hallelujah. And we're gonna capture and we're gonna see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's look at Matthew 26 verses 40. Hallelujah. When I say we're going to see something amazing, we're going to see something amazing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Somebody sent me a message and they said that um, there's a lot of attacks that is happening in their life and stuff. I said, I'm going to come. I'm going to come and pray. And we're going to see something amazing. Hallelujah. You must always expect God to do amazing things. Always expect him to do amazing things. Never ever get to that place where you're like, oh, okay, God's just going to do average stuff. The God that we serve is not an average God. Amen. He does things amazingly. Hallelujah. He does things big. What they say, go big or go home. Yeah, so when God does it, when God blesses you, he's going to bless you in a big way. Hallelujah. So Matthew 26, 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me? Now this is now he was about to go to the cross, right? Uh, so that's when he prayed. So could you men not keep watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter into you enter not into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak he went again the second time and prayed saying oh my father if this cup father oh my father if this cup may not pass away from me except i drink it thy will be done that's powerful right if this cup may not pass away from me except i drink it thy will be done hallelujah so you see that jesus he knew that trouble was coming he knew that it was his time to suffer what the father had told him that he was going to suffer so in that regard he had a serious prayer because he knew what could happen to him could be very damaging to him ramon so he needed to seek the lord based on this do i opt out or do i continue you understand? Do you ever have those moments where do I continue in this or do I opt out of it? You understand? Is this what God wants me to go through or do I make my, my way to get out of it? And most of the time when it comes to suffering, most of us always opt out. We never ever get to that point where if it's your will. Because it's difficult to understand. It's difficult to know whether it is God's will that you go through hard pain. You understand? It's like when you're suffering, Sister Zaini, it's hard for you to understand that this is the will of God because you have this idea that His will wants you to prosper, but it's also His will that you suffer. So what she says, after you have suffered a while, it pleased the Lord to see Him suffer, so a whole lot of other things. So it's difficult to find out if it's, this is one of the most challenges that I have, is that if it's His will that I go through the suffering or if it's His will that I get opted out of it so it will help me pray the correct prayer and that's why jesus he got to that point where there was this part of him that was confused in terms of because he is basically he saw what he would suffer so there was a time where he was like if it is if carries a bit of doubt whenever you see if it means that there was doubt so he doubted that he must go through the suffering because it was as though god showed him and the scripture says that the Lord showed him what he must suffer, what he had to go through. Imagine seeing what you have to go through. 
imagine throughout your life now you you hear Lucinda and from tomorrow God gives you a clear picture of what you must go through so the the thought of do I continue or is it truly Lord your world that I go through this because I, I it's like hey God I'm serving you but how can I go through such pain how can they I saw them putting the nails in my hand I saw them the thorns in my I saw the the agony I saw the pain but I must go through it so he said if it is your will hey I'm not sure Lord maybe maybe this thing is not your will but he says nevertheless not mine but your will be done and that's when you go through stuff Lord nevertheless not only only in cases that that like when you are suffering now we always said oh, I think I was talking to Melissa at the time and I was saying you must understand the sufferings that we bring on ourselves you know that the sufferings that we bring on ourselves is self-inflicted it's not even a suffering that you're supposed to go through but self-inflicted either based on wise wise decision making uh poor decision making so you cause yourself to to suffer so you decided to sleep with that person now you're pregnant so now that's because of bad decision making Did you understand you're supposed to hold yourself contain yourself stay you understand so bad decision maybe making led you to be pregnant and stuff that was a bad decision so you can't say i know the lord allowed this to happen for my suffering no it is your bad decision you understand what i'm saying so so there's that thing where you suffer because of your bad decisions as for that just make wise choices and you won't suffer but however there's the suffering of the lord <laughs> where you suffer because of the oil and the grace and the anointing that is upon your life and the enemy doesn't want that so what will happen you you'll stand as a minister you'll preach and you'll minister the word of god you want to work but you'll find yourself unemployed for years you're wondering why am i why am i why am i unemployed what have i done so wrong i have everything that i have that can get me a job but it seems like nothing's happening it's called the suffering of the lord as so there there's no bad decisions over there you know it's not like you made what bad decision can you make to not get a job hmm? no bad decision you can make it's just that that happened however though it's a suffering now in that case or in those moments it requires intense prayer it requires long hours of prayer because if i come to you ramon and say i'm about to die i'm about to die please pray for me oh you don't want to die you maybe you don't want me to die or i don't want to die so what i'm going to do i'm going to be in prayer until i get an answer because i don't want to die so jesus knew that he was about to suffer and he knew that it requires intense prayer to sustain him to strengthen him to go through what he needs to go through and some of us said what we need sometimes we don't need prayer to get out of it sometimes we need this, the prayers to strengthen us to sustain us so that we can go through it because when you go through it you'll come out as pure as gold you'll come out refreshed joyful why you went through it and you can say i got the scars of the suffering of the lord you understand paul even says that i was shipwrecked i was beaten left for dead not on decisions that he has made not on bad choices that he has made because the lord had allowed him to suffer this you understand imagine that he had to suffer all that and he said i had to face that that stared me in the face la huh? mm. mm. yes definitely 
Exactly. For sure, and you know when you when you when you go through it, when you go through it, that's why I'm saying you must pray. When if, for example, like currently right now, you you feeling there's a lot of intense pressure on your life, you feel like you you in pain and you suffering. I would in, I would encourage you. This is the time where you should pray more long to sustain you to go to to give you the strength to go through what you're going through and so if you've tried everything that you've tried you've done everything that you know to try and get yourself out of it and still you got to the place where it's still the same you should pray long prayers you should pray long prayers to give you the same you know the bible says that they beat him they eat him but he did not say a word it was because of the praying gets enemy so get because he felt the pain as a normal human being he felt the lashes as a normal human being everything he felt is somebody eats you that your flesh comes you feel automatically before anything you crying so he had a supernatural grace it was because of those long hours he prayed you understand most of us oh something happens more the lights are cut we dine backslidden we fall from god all they just did was cut your lights you understand what i'm saying that's that that was your persecution in a sense and sometimes you think that hey how can god cut my lights or how can god allow it or or anything it's your suffering it's something that you must bear something that you must go through rather pray for god to give you the strength to sustain you through it there then lord take me out you've been praying lord take me out for years and the reason why you won't come out of it because you don't know that there's a grace that you need to ask the lord for to go through it and when you are tried you see i always say to every i say to the people i meet i say unless you learn your lesson in it you will continue to go through it if you have not learned your lesson in whatever you went through you will go through it you understand you will go through it i was talking to melissa as well and i was saying that if we have we have not uh, broken the the cycle in our lives we can't be free cycles need to be broken but what happens with a cycle the first cycle that you go through it's an indication that or the first thing that you went through or sorry a second time when it comes back again first time you don't know it's a cycle you went through it what happened right second time maybe it comes if you never learn from the first and the second time i'm telling you now you'll go through it the third time and if you never learn the third time it will be a fourth time if you never learn the fourth time it will be a fifth time you'll see the cycles will just start happening what is a cycle a cycle is a reoccurring problem that keeps on coming all the time packaged differently but the same problem same problem so it's like you 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 uh, you a young lady you fresh you pretty you you know you gorgeous the wrong boy likes you he sleeps with you and then he leaves you hey you backslide because you moved away from the lord that boy came then what happens another boy maybe a year down the line or two years down the line same thing he comes sees with you you move away from god you backslide it's another thing again down the line 
three years, whatever. Boy, you meet a boy, same thing. But nobody will tie themselves and marry you. It's just a cycle that keeps on coming, a cycle that, and you meet, only, you only meet people that take you away from God, people that got no even concern about the things of the Lord. It's a cycle. It's a cycle in your life. So if you never learn your lesson in that cycle, Charlie, you're not going to, you're not going to, to overcome it. It will be something that would reoccur. There was a time I was preaching about the same thing. And I said to the lady, I said to one lady in the meeting, I said to her, I said, I never speak directly to her as I was preaching. And I said, um, that is, there's some relationships. The man does the same thing over and over, year in and year out, and you find yourself even attracted to the same kind of men. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. And when I said it's a cycle that needs to be broken, in the meeting, the demon manifested. That while I'm preaching, the demon started because Satan doesn't want you to know that those things that are reoccurring in your life are cycles that keep you in bondage and doesn't allow you to be free. Doesn't because you must understand that when, when Satan holds you in bondage and keeps you with these cycles, it's not only pertaining, and I, I, I don't know if you understand this, it's not only pertaining unto you, but it's pertaining unto the many people around you as well. Your freedom from certain things is, doesn't only help you. It doesn't only help you. I'm telling you, it doesn't only help you. It helps the generation after you and it helps the generation that is currently with you. Because your, your freedom depends on somebody else being saved. But when you are still bound and you're still in bondage, you're denying somebody else the right to be free from their stories. Oh! I'm that's how it is. No, you don't understand it. It's not just about you. Even our salvation. If our salvation or us, God using us, has always been about us, it has never been about us completely. God has a bigger picture why he saved you. You have the picture, oh, I'm going to heaven. God, like, dude, sit down. That's not the big picture. Heaven's not the destination. If that was the case, God would want every one of us to be with him. Heaven is not the big picture. The big picture is that God wants as many people to be saved. He says, I desire. You, you find it rare in the scripture where God says, I desire stuff. Where God himself will say, this is what I desire. You only find God liking stuff and desiring things. So when you see something where God says, I desire, you must know it's big for the Lord. It's something that's really on his heart. It's something that's really... He says, I desire that no one should perish, but everyone should come to you. It means that on the heart of God, this thing here is big. You understand? I mean, like, it's not like Paul saying it to anybody. It's God saying, I desire... You know, you see the scriptures, or oh, I pray that you prosper even and your soul prosper. Paul was saying those things. But now when it comes to soul, Jesus was saying, I desire that no one goes to hell. He's desire. So, oh man, what you think would happen to your life is when you get saved and you do what he desires. You do what he desires. Oh man, I know you want to be rich. I know you want to drive a car. I know you want to live in a nice house. But when you take your, your mind and your life and do what he desires, your life will be better, I'm telling you. Heaven, well, you not just want to say, I'll go to heaven. But I want the rewards of heaven. You understand? It's like getting a house. Oh, I bought the house. Okay, there's the house over there. But never ever sit in the house. Can't watch your TV in the house. <laughs> Congo and cook in your kitchen. All you just do, you have the house. 
ah, I refuse. I want to be able to get to heaven and enjoy heaven and enjoy the mansions. Oh, because not all of us will be on the same level in heaven. Anyway, 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 anyway. Heaven got ranking, you do know that, right? But anyway, that's for another time, right? So it's important for you to understand that, that God give me the grace, sustain me through these, through these moments in my life seasons in my life it's painful it's sore it's terrible i can't take it but i need grace to be sustained so your salvation that cycle when it breaks it's for somebody else to be free so catch a wake up catch a wake up and do what god wants you to do stop contemplating between and 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 the bible says how long are you going to linger between two options don't linger between two options and stuff what God wants and that settles it. It's either, it's either what God wants but don't linger between the options. You understand what I'm saying? Because when you linger between the options you are disobeying God. Yeah, you're disobeying God indirectly. But you're not saying Lord I don't want to do it. But because you're lingering, you're disobeying Him. Because delayed obedience is rebellion. So when you delay in obeying God, it's like you are rebelling against God. You understand? You see, when, when God spoke to Jonah, he says, go to Nineveh. Jonah never go. Maybe it was in Jonah's mind that I will go to Nineveh one day. But he went to Tarshish, not Nineveh. God considered that rebellion. You understand? It's like you saying, God, I will break up with, like for example, I will break up with that person. Just give me some time. I will break up with that person. Instantly, when you, if God is saying break up with him and you don't break up with him, while you are lingering between those two options, you've rebelled against God. Because you never do what God said. Oh, somebody. You did what you wanted to do. Rather than what God, God says, go to, go to, go to Lucinda's house and go and pray. You are the voice of the Lord. That's what you must do. You don't go to Lucinda's house and go pray. You go to Ramon's house, you go to Sandra's house. By the time you check, hey, no Lucinda, I'll come by your house tomorrow. But God specifically spoke to you to go to Lucinda's house. So you rebelled against God by going to Ramon and Sandra's house. You understand? So delayed and lingering uh, obedience is not obedience, it's rebellion. And yet this instant obedience brings forth results. When you don't obey God instantly, as He commanded you to obey Him, you won't see the results. But when you obey Him, most of the times when we, we think that God's instructions or God's words for us are harmful to us, it is harmful to a certain extent. <laughs> you know that it's harmful to a certain extent. Why? Because most of the time what God wants for us is contrary to what we want for ourselves. It's, what, it's contrary to what we want. I'm saying majority of the time. What God wants for you is different to what you want for you. It's what you want for your family. What God wants for you is different. So most people say, oh, if, what, if, if God, God will always call you based on the line that you are in or what you are cutting. Oh, no, I found out that's not true. I find out that God will always take you outside of what you want to do for yourself. You want to become a doctor, God will actually refuse you and he'll say, no, you're going to be a pastor. Outside, you studied seven years and God says, no, leave that profession, you're going to become a pastor. You don't want to be you. It's like you don't have no desire. You don't even see yourself preaching, but God says you'll be a pastor. And then it's God creating the desire in you now to become that. But when you look at yourself, you're like, oh, me, pastor, I don't see that. 
I don't see. So it's sometimes contrary to what you want to do. It's contrary to what you, where you want to go and stuff. But he places desire in you. Even though you might not want to do it, some, there's a small part of you, Melissa, that says, I want to do it. You, you get that? Uh, that's how the desire starts. It starts like a seed. Somebody plants, hey, you, when you talk, when you spoke that day, you're going to be a great preacher. So the seed was planted. That's how God would drop it in you. Even though you were doing something else. Even though you are doing something else. And then that thing starts to become that desire, that seed that was sown, becomes a burden in your life. And it's a burden that grows so much that if you don't do what God is telling you to do, you'll feel like you'll die. Once you get to that point where the burden becomes that strong, then you know you have to obey, Charlie. Yeah. There were times where I knew if I don't break up with this person, I feel like I'll die. I feel like someone will come and kill me. That's, that's, how, that's how I felt with my ex. I felt like someone would come and literally take me out if I never break up with her. Because I was, I was playing around. God kept on telling me, leave, leave. I kept on lingering, lingering, lingering. I felt like if I never obey, God was going to take me out. Because it was like, if you continue to stay in this year, what use are you for me? You understand? What, what are you going to do for me? Because this is the thing that is preventing you from becoming who you're supposed to be. So what are you going to do for me if you stay? And at the end of the day, God gives us choice. God has a destiny for every one of us. He has a destiny for us. However, though, your destiny is not automatic. Oh, you're going to become something great. Absolutely, I agree. I agree 100%. Some of you might not even reach that greatness. Oh, it's true. It's true. Because we allow, because God is a God that doesn't force his will. Mm, you know that, right? He allows you to make choices. He'll sometimes lead you in part so that you can wake up to his will. He'll sometimes lead you and direct you so that you can fall in line. But still, if everything is done and you're still not walking in his will, he'll try again, he'll try again, he'll try again, he'll try again until the earth gives you up. And the earth says, ah, for 5, 10, 20 years, we tried for the 30 years, you've been trying with this person. This person has made up their mind that they will not do this. And the earth gives you up. And then you go to the graveyard. I'm just using examples. Lucinda, it's okay? Lucinda on the grave. Side books she never yet writes. Places she never yet go and preach. People she never let lay hands on. Songs she never sing, maybe. Miracles she never yet performed. Sermons she never yet preached. And all because of a relationship. All because maybe of alcohol. All because of drugs. All because of she didn't want to let those things go. And she didn't want to let those things go. She chose those things over God. Without her saying, I choose that instead of God. You know that yeah, most of the times we don't have to decide. We don't have to verbally decide. But our choices decide for us. And God looks at our choices and he says, okay, you decided. Without you saying, Lord, I... Because who, who, who would ever say in this place here? Who would ever say, God, not you? None of us, right? None of us, none of us. However, though, if Ramon... I'm just using an example. Try and don't be spiritual about it, okay? So I'll use you as an example. If God has to say to you, now, you just got married, eh? couple of months married. You married a couple of months. I want you to sacrifice Tess. I want you to leave Tess right now. Ooh, 
it, he, he would, he would, he would, how can this be? She's carrying my child. How can this be? I just got married. How can this be? So, even though God said it to you, you'll find that inside of your heart, it will be something very difficult for you to do, very hard for you to do. And sometimes the thing that is very hard is the thing that God requires. Oh, you think God wants the easy thing? <laughs> God never wants the easy thing that you can easily give up. Absolutely never. Why? <laughs> he would not require those things from you. You might be even asking yourself, why God's not asking me for those other things? He's requiring that big thing that because it's that sacrifice. It's that thing that will get you the place that you need. God will never require something easy for you to give because you won't feel it. You won't feel like you gave up anything for God. You understand? It's like if you're not working and you're going to full-time ministry, you don't feel like you gave up anything for full-time ministry. Yeah? Because you weren't working. So you don't feel... But when you're working and you're getting an income and you sort it out and then the Lord says, give it up, now that becomes a problem. Because you feel you gave up something important. Hallelujah. Are you, willing, are you with me tonight? Tomorrow I'll talk about short prayers. Amen. Hope you were blessed. So it's important for you to understand this. Your destiny is so important. And along this journey called life, you're going to find out things that are going to try and take you out of your destiny. I'm telling you. Some people... Hey, I, was, I was talking to you, Melissa. I was saying, one of the main tricks of the enemy for the believers... To get them out of the, it's just to give them the wrong partners. That's one of, and when I say one of the major, if not one of the greatest strategies of the enemy. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> one of the greatest ones, because it's your wrong partner. Even if you decide you're gonna marry that wrong partner, you'll never fulfill what God wants you to fulfill because you married the wrong person. It's serious. It will be odd unless there's a divine separation. Unless there's a disconnection. Where you're like, do what you're doing, I'm doing. But if you if you join and you married, and I mean like you're in a relationship with the wrong person, and you have a relationship, it becomes difficult. It'll become extremely odd. Oh, I wish, you know, the pastors, uh, Sister Sandra, of our days were teaching like, well, I mustn't say our days. <laughs> <laughs> and she was agreeing with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our days, Pastor, you were around when I was. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say, I, I wish, I wish the messages that like we preach, that back then in your time, Sister Sandra, that pastors were preaching it in this capacity. You understand? Because it would have saved our mothers and our fathers from making bad decisions. You understand? Making bad decisions. Hey, I wish. I wish. I really wish. Because even me, I know my, my mother and father were wrongly connected. There's no doubts about that. <laughs> wrongly connected. I came, I'm a blessing, it's fine. But I know they were wrongly connected. Wrongly connected. But it took hey, years of your life 
Yes, even though they divorced now and my mother is now serving the Lord. My mother is only serving the Lord after first the separation from her father and then the uh, boyfriend she had. So you can see when you have a boyfriend, how it can take you out of the will of God. Yo, she was there. I was there with her. She was drinking this. When that man died, she came right. After his death, hey, she was she was serving the Lord fully. It took a while. She was drinking, drinking. But when she committed, she served God fully. And she used to smoke cigarettes heavy. When she started to serve God, hey, the cigarettes left her instantly. She became fully committed to God. Now she's living her best life with no one. With no one. Not even interested in a man. Not wanting a man. Serving Jesus Christ and loving on God. Living her best life. For years, some of you might not get a chance like she got a chance. I'm telling you. What what my mother's age? My mother's like what? In a 50, maybe 55 or 56 years of age. Only then you realize that the relationship you were in only killed you rather than lifted you up. 56 years. Oh, some of us 20 now. Some of us, what, you want to go on to 30? You want to go on to 40 years? You want to go on to 50 years? Maybe you want to go on to 60 years. Maybe you would want to die before you realize when you're on your hospital bed. I should have obeyed. I should have listened to God. That's how sometimes long it takes, Ramon. For some people to obey God, but tell yourself, I'm going to obey God no matter what. I'm going to serve God no matter what. I'm going to do this thing with everything that I have. I'm not going to wait. Me, I said to myself, I will not be a statistic like my father and my mother. I will not serve God in my old age. I will serve God when I'm young. And I will do it right. Won't get to know Christ. Because if I if I try and wait until that long, I might not survive it. I might not survive it. So it's something for you to understand. For you to understand. And you know what? Let me say this last thing. Be nice, man. Be be nice. Be nice to people. Be nice to everyone. It will change your life around. Oh yes, it will change your life around. I tell you. I kid you not. One of the no, and let's stand off. It's you see, I'm talking about being nice. I was gonna go to another direction and stuff. So I realized that I was gonna keep you all here until ten o'clock. It's Friday night. Hallelujah. Amen. What's the month? What we in now? What's the date? We got six more days for for that fun day, yeah. Not this. This Thursday coming? This Thursday coming. Okay, guys, so please let's let's make sure. I'm, I'm, we still need to, Brother Charles, please find out from Brother Alfie how much he's going to charge us for the taxi. I was estimating around 100 rand per person and stuff. Just an estimation. So just let us for it. No, no, it won't, yeah. Because Valley, Paradise Valley is far and stuff. So we'll just have to, even if the guys do it together, make briyani, make something or whatever, you know. Some of the guys want to pry, but I don't know if it's a prize necessary. But whatever, you know, kebabs or people want to, families want to eat on their own or, you know, things like that. But it would be nice if everybody comes and we can have a nice, put all the food on the table and, and have, you know. So yeah so i know it's 15 rand entry and 100 rand transport that's if brother 
Alfie gives us a cheaper price, we'll calculate how much the cheaper price is. Maybe we'll have to hire two kumbis. Let's see by Sunday we'll confirm the exact date. And maybe we can hire two kumbis and he'll give us a, a cheaper price. Because it's 16 people in the kumbi and I'm guessing that more than 16 people would want to come. Amen. Hallelujah. So, but we'll see how the Lord does it. Hallelujah. If I wish we were a rich church and we never had to charge anybody for anything. Hallelujah. I don't like saying that, hey, let's go and transport must be must be hunting for transport but unfortunately we'll get there amen we will just say family fun day paradise valley just worry about your entrance fee and that's it you know and we will get there in jesus name hallelujah Amen. We'll get there. I'm going to ask Brother Lyle to come and close in prayer for us. Amen. You see, we went into another teaching. Hey, you guys. Yes, Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, mighty God. Lord, we give you thanks for today, mighty God. We give you thanks for the teachings, Lord, that we are receiving. Lord, we give you thanks for our Father, for our Pastor, mighty God. We give you thanks for the anointing, for the oil that's upon his life to impart on us, Lord, Father God. Spiritual teachings, mighty Father, and your word, Lord, Father God, downloaded to him, mighty God, from your throne room of grace and mercy. Lord, we thank you that we can be under this ministry. We thank you that we can receive. Lord, I pray, mighty God, for the for the grace, Lord, to apply what we have learned, mighty God, and put it into practice, Lord. Lord, I pray that even as we receive, Lord, Father God, of you, we go, Lord, into our closets, we go into our rooms, we get down on our knees, and we pray, mighty 